What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined by the man who changed his opinion on Travis Etienne mid-show last <laughs> week, a.k.a. the DFF Moose, a.k.a. Mr. Mike McAuliffe, and by a very special guest, the first time we've had a special guest on the show for a second time, Mr. Wes Caparato. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Doing great, man. We were uh, we were blessed with another great Sunday of football. It was kind of sad getting to Saturday and realizing that there wasn't going to be any playoff games that day. But uh, you know what a comeback by the, the by the Bengals. I I hate to say it, but great call by Dan. He predicted the Super Bowl matchup: Bengals versus Rams. So you know it was great to see the Rams. They they went all in this year to do this, and now they're here. So we got. A week off. It's going to be a real boring Sunday this Sunday, but really looking forward to this Super Bowl matchup. The ghost of Dan is officially undefeated in uh, <laughs> playoff picks, always with us in spirit. And uh, yeah, as I said before, very special guest tonight. For those who don't know, when I was getting into Dynasty, there was one man that was crazy enough to uh, try to gather some degenerates and uh, put our first Dynasty lead together. And he's sitting on the mics with us tonight. So, Wes, how you doing, buddy? What's going on, gentlemen? Uh, couldn't be more excited to be here with you boys, talk some fantasy, and uh, looking forward to it. Good stuff. So, tweet of the week before we jump into the fun stuff at this uh, small account we found, at uh, Tom Brady. So, uh, we will post that in the show notes and get it out on Twitter. Maybe, uh, you know. Once in a lifetime, Tom Brady can retweet us and we'll just get famous. But let's jump into the real fun stuff. You guys know what it is. Uh, we think of polls. Mike runs the polls. And basically, I was just kind of scrolling through some ranks that I thought were really close in Fantasy Pros, Superflex rankings. Thought it could be some fun discussion for tonight. Starting off on the quarterback front, Mike, give us uh, two former Alabama superstars. Yep. And uh, let us know what the poll was and show us where the Twitterverse took us for this one. Yeah, totally. So as Max just mentioned, these guys are neck and neck right right uh, beside each other in the Dynasty uh, Superflex rankings for Fantasy Pros. So we're talking about Mac Jones and talking about uh, Tua Tagovailoa. So this was one that I definitely knew was going to be close, but I'm, I'm happy to see these results uh, right here. So uh, 55% of people said that they would side with Mac Jones. On this one, while 45% of people said that they would still uh, stick with Tua. All right. So we got to keep a quick show tonight, boys, because we're on a free Zoom plan. <laughs> so the clock is ticking. We don't have Dan around with the primo plan. So we missed him more than we thought we would. All... <laughs> oh, the ghost of Dan taking his Zoom login with him. Um, I'm going to ask us to all to keep it relatively brief. But, Wes, I'm going to give you first crack at this one. Obviously, you're a Patriots fan. Are you siding with the Twitterverse here? Is Mac Jones your guy in Dynasty? Yeah, definitely. Uh, for me, you know, with the departure of Flores from Miami, that's a, a huge miss and a reason for me to kind of shy away from Tua. And then also the fact that there's been a lot of rumors that he might not even be uh, a thin next year or going forward. So until some of those things get sorted out, I know for sure who his coach is going to be, where he's going to be. Um, it's Mac Jones all day for me. So. Mike, you obviously got to watch just as much Mac Jones film as the rest of us Patriots fans. Right. Uh, are you in on this boat too? Yeah, I'm. I'm with you, West fan. It's. It, it, I think that there's just too much unknown there for me right now with Tua. Um, you know, Jalen Waddle, great wide receiver, but 
aside from that, I don't know what he's got to pass to right now. Um, he hasn't shown that he necessarily has the biggest arm. I think that the, the Finns could definitely be looking to, um, you know, maybe this is the offseason where a Deshaun Watson deal takes place. Who knows? I think when I look at Mac Jones, I just think that the the consistency and the the you you can see that vision that he's going to be there for years to come. Now he's got the better weapons. Give me give me Mac, even though he doesn't have much rushing upside. I I think it was just so telling, like the first year, you know, especially uh, blindsiding all of us because when we had Wes on the show last March, we were talking about Cam Newton and the potential <laughs> open of the season with the Patriots. So. First of all, seeing the trust from the coaching staff, right? Wins the job outright. Cam Newton's out of the picture. A couple metrics that stuck out to me. Number two in the NFL in pressured completion percentage. Funny enough, former Patriots superstar Jimmy G, number one in the metric. But oh. to see a rookie step in. My, oh. <laughs> um, to see a rookie step in and immediately, like, just be able to beat the blitz, quick release, like, I mean, you know, we love Jacoby Myers. Mike and I profess love for Jacoby Myers on this show. It's not like he has a plethora of surrounding talent, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there are guys like Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, like a lot of good role players. But other than, you know, Jacoby Myers and his massive target share, like Mac Jones was kind of just making work with what he had. So I love to see that. Another thing, pushing the ball down the field, number 11 in air yards per attempt. So I'm with you guys on this train. I think Mac Jones is the no-brainer. With all the risk Wes outlined, I'm kind of actually shocked that 45% of people are still all in on Tua above Mac. So let's keep it moving. Uh, This one, probably a little bit more to talk about from our end. So second, we had to frame this one up in a very special way. Second year wide receiver, not named Jamar Chase, not named Jalen Waddle. Mike, I know you're a big (laughs) Jalen Waddle guy. Um, Walk us through the options you gave the public, Mike, and tell us where the numbers took us. Totally. So um, right here, we're talking about four different guys. Uh, we got Elijah Moore, Devonta Smith, Rashad Bateman, and Amon Ra St. Brown. So it looks like Elijah Moore took it home uh, with this poll with 44% of the vote. Um, Devonta Smith coming in at second with 30% of the vote. And then Rashad Bateman and Amon Ra St. Brown both coming in with 13% of the vote. All right, Mike, I can already see the smile on your face <laughs> knowing that the Twitterverse has brought you good news. Uh, is Elijah Moore the guy you want in Dynasty right now? Yeah, I, I just got, I got to stick with Elijah Moore here. You know, he was the um, recipient of my Oh What Could Have Been award a couple weeks back when we were recapping the fantasy season. I just, it, the explosiveness that I saw from him in weeks 7 to 13, he was averaging 18 points per game um, during that seven-game stretch. He just looked like a monster. He was the type of guy that we, we've talked about this many times before, but the type of guy that seemed to fly under the radar because of the competition that he was playing with or, or his teammates that he was playing with in college. Um, you know, you saw the Jets really just go for him with the first pick in the second round. Um, and I think that, you know, with Zach Wilson improving next year, with him hopefully being able to stay um, healthy in a full, you know, full training camp, I'm really, really excited to see what he can do. All right, Wes, I'm going to toss it to you. What are your thoughts on the poll results and who are you taking in Dynasty? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Mike uh, 100% on there. I'm going with Elijah Moore if, you know, I'm choosing between these four as well. Um, A couple factors for me, Elijah Moore out of these wide receivers, although not much. He's the youngest of the four. Um, And then also, I just think that he's in the best position to succeed where his quarterback and him are probably going to be the – he's going to be the 1A. 
and just be peppering him with targets next year. Um, I think he'll fill that Jameson Crowder role, and um, he'll be a burner. Yeah, I am in the minority, uh, which is where I live in the Twitter polls. <laughs> that is my wheelhouse, and that is where I love to operate. So I am not going option A. I'm not going option B with Devonta Smith. And this is where I have both made some big bets and won, uh, and also, you know, had the other end of the spectrum too. But I'm going Rashad Bateman here. And for me, it is, I'm still going to lean on what we saw in three years at Minnesota, right? Somebody who early breakout, absolutely dominant, sharing a field with Tyler Johnson, who I know at least Wes would agree with me on this, that like Tyler Johnson was done dirty going in the fifth round by the NFL. Um, But I'm going to lean on the college profile. Obviously had the core surgery to start the year, so probably never really rounding full into his healthy form. I totally see the argument for Elijah Moore. Rashad Bateman profiles to me as more of the kind of prototypical, not prototypical because he's not exactly one of those huge DK Metcalf type of guys, but he is what the NFL is starting to transition and want in their number one wide receiver. One of those guys like a Stefan Diggs, right? Around like the six foot, 190, 200 pounds, Justin, Justin Jefferson's built in that same mold, can run all the routes, can win all over the field. Elijah Moore the guys that are burners and sub 180 pounds to me, little bit more volatility historically. Um, but I mean, he proved it absolutely. And I was not a big Zach Wilson guy. So we saw the boom games from Elijah Moore. I think it is very close between this two, between these two. Those would be my top two. I would go Bateman more. And then I start to get dicey with how I want to rank Devonta Smith. But uh, I was very surprised to see Devonta Smith with 30% of the votes. I get, I guess that's what the reigning uh, Heisman Trophy winner from from his class gets. But yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I actually think the ghost of Dan might be with me on this one, Mike. Yeah. Uh, so are you gonna are you gonna yell at us for being on the Rashad Bateman <laughs> leaning on the college profile? Are you or do you think it's it's at least a close conversation? I think it's a super close conversation. I tried to um, trade for Rashad Bateman the other day in one of our leagues. So I I think that there is definitely some uncapped um, upside there, hundred percent. I think, like you said, he was he was definitely being hindered by an injury at some points in that season or this past season. Um, but yeah, I think it's for me. It's again, like you said, it's a clear cut. Those two guys at the top for me. I really think that Devonta Smith could be a, a really good wide receiver still in this in this league. There's no denying that. Um, it's Jalen Hurts for me has always been uh, his accuracy is is concerning to me. Um, not that Zach Wilson's you know play isn't sometimes con- it was concerning to me last year. Uh, and Amon Ross St. Brown, I'm really keeping the flame lit for him, thinking or hoping that last year's uh, you know stellar finish was not just a complete case of having no one else uh, to throw the ball to. But I definitely think that some people could be a little bit disappointed at the get-go of next year, um, not seeing, you know, those that ridiculous target share. Yeah, where are you at, Wes? Quick take on Amon Ross St. Brown. Do you think he uh, stock's going to keep going up? Do you think he's a sell high? What's the move there? You know, I like the point that Mike brought up. And, you know, when it comes to target share, it's kind of earned. And so he didn't have a lot of competition around to earn the target share. But if he can retain that and bring that into season 2022, um, he's definitely going to be one of my sleeper picks. I'll take a chance on him uh, and redrafts, you know, Mm -hmm. probably a little higher than most. And if I had him in Dynasty, I would just be super excited right now because he looks like 
um, you know, a diamond in the rough. Yeah, absolutely. Not every day you see a fourth rounder ascend like he has. So let's keep it moving with the wide receiver conversation. And uh, this is kind of another one, a little bit of the older prospects here. Um, Mike framed it up as which wide receiver do you want in Dynasty? Plant your flag, (laughs) stake your claim. Mike, let us know what the results were on this one. Yeah, totally. So we're talking about um, some guys that have been in the league a few years now, but they're all really just hanging out around uh, close to each other in the rankings. So uh, first we got DJ Moore, then Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, and Chris Godwin. Uh, With this one, it looks like Deontay Johnson uh, came out on top with 38% of the vote. DJ Moore uh, was in second with 27% of the vote. Chris Godwin in third with 18%. And people doing me dirty with uh, my boy Terry McLaurin, seventeen percent of the vote on this one. <laughs> the the day Tom Brady retires and uh, the Chris Godwin voters Brutal. aren't reading the news, right? I mean, just <laughs> and Terry, the fact that Chris Terry Godwin former, just tore his ACL. <laughs> former third round rookie draft pick, still Rodney Dangerfield style, gets no respect. Yeah. So. Um, Wes, I'm going to let you lead this one off. Which one of these guys do you got and why? Yeah, definitely. Um, so for me, I'm going to be a little bit of a draft capital snob and also just production snob. We love draft capital snobbery on this show. Yes, we do. And uh, I'm going DJ Moore here. Not only is he the highest, get the highest draft capital, um, I believe he's got the most 1,000-yard seasons under his belt, and he's also the youngest of the four. Um, they're all in similar boats with – really iffy quarterback situations we don't know who's going to be throwing the ball to dj we don't know terry mclaurin or even chris godwin um and uh dj moore has been doing it his entire career it doesn't matter if it's cam newton sam darnold or pj walker he's gonna go out there and ball out so give me dj Moore. You are making my argument for me, baby. I mean, number 11 in receptions this year, number 10 in receiving yards. And to to your point, like quarterback proof, like there was still yards on the table, number four in unrealized air yards. Yeah. I have been, I mean, Dan bought me a signed DJ Moore jersey, which I'm pretty sure he still hasn't given to me. Uh, it might be in my house somewhere. But that's, that's how weird, you know, the last two years of isolation have been. But yeah, so anybody that listens to this show should know that I'm a huge DJ Moore guy. Like you said, still the youngest of the bunch, quarterback proof. I do see the case for some of these guys. So, Mike, I'm going to flip it to you and let us know who your favorite is, and then we'll go from there. Totally. So, um, yeah, I got to go with Deontay Johnson here. Uh, I just, I, I think that the ascension that we've seen from him progressively every single year, he's done better and better. Um, this past season, he was number three in targets amongst wide receivers, number four in receptions. Um, number eight in yards after the catch, number six in red zone targets. Every Everything that I'm seeing, by the way, all these stats are via prayer, player profiler, just so, to make sure that that's out in the open. Uh, you know, uh, everything that I see from him just has the arrow pointing upwards. Um, and especially due to the fact that, you know, for the past three years, he's had Mr. Old Man Big Ben throwing in the ball. The ball. Granted, you could make the case that he's seen more targets because he's the the main useful weapon uh, to be able to you know be a, a target monster for Ben to rely on. Um, but you know, I just uh, I think I think if they bring in a QB, it's going to be very important to see who they bring in at QB. Um, there's a potential Absolutely. that they could possibly um, go after Jimmy G. They could go after Aaron Rodgers. They could go after Deshaun Watson. They could draft a guy. Who knows? Um, so. 
I understand the ambiguity there, but give me Deontay Johnson by a hair in this poll. I have such a weird feeling for the last couple of weeks that I just can't shake. And I feel like Jimmy G is just going to be a starter in the league next year, right? Like we're all ready collectively for the Trey Lance era, uh, especially some of my dynasty teams. Um, We're all ready to watch the fun Trey Lance era, but like the quarterback carousel right now, I just feel like Jimmy G has played, like I said, number one in pressured completion percentage this year. So like, He's had his ups and downs, uh, both with the Patriots and the 49ers, but it feels like he's going to work his way into a starting job. One of the things that stuck out to me on the Deontay Johnson side of things was it it seemed like he kind of did thrive on that volume you're referencing, Mike. And Wes made a point earlier, like, we don't know who DJ Moore's quarterback is going to be. We don't know who Terry's going to be. We don't know who Chris Godwin's going to be. We don't know who any of these guys' quarterback (laughs) is going to be. So I'm going to lean on the guys that have proved year after year efficiency. And just to find Deontay Johnson, like, he was outside the top 65 in yards per reception, yards per target, and true catch rate at the wide receiver position. Like, outside the top 65. That was kind of mind-blowing for me to see. So when we're trying to predict the unpredictable, I do think Deontay Johnson's probably my two here, especially given the Brady retirement news plus Godwin's injury. Um, But I I don't think it's as close to me. I think DJ Moore has just, like Wes said, shown it year after year. He's going to be the guy. Deontay Johnson outproduced him this year. But Dynasty, I'm betting the long term. I want the efficiency. Love it. I'm curious. Maybe we see Kenny Pickett go there. Who knows? That'd be sick. <laughs> I'm, no prospect I'm, talk yet. I'm, Mike. You're no right. You're right. We got to save it. We got to save it. <laughs> if what worst case scenario for DJ also, in my opinion, is if he ends up with um, Haskins or uh, Mason Rudolph as his quarterback. And I've heard there are already reports out there that Mason Rudolph uh, has a starting job. And I think if that happens, I'm just I'm just not gonna want any shares of any of the Steelers wide receivers. But I invest in some Najee Harris. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Definitely> invest <laughs> in some Najee Harris. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head um, where they are in the draft, but obviously they made the playoffs, mm-hmm. and that was Big Ben's last game. So they do not have a high draft pick. This quarterback class might actually work in their favor yeah. because there's a lot like outside of the. Kenny Pickett ascension that Mike was referencing. Um, All the mocks are all over the place on these guys. So who knows? Maybe the Steelers do end up with, um, with a shiny new quarterback, but to keep it moving to talk about my least favorite position in (laughs) fantasy football. And this question is going right to Wes for so many reasons. Uh, But before we do that, (laughs) I'll let Mike walk us through the results, getting a little ahead of myself here. So Mike, let us know who the public thinks is the tight end one in Dynasty. Totally. So we got uh, four guys going against each other here. Uh, first, we got Kyle Pitts, then Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. So um, it's crazy to see that, that you know, coming out on top with more than half of the vote here, 56% Kyle Pitts coming in first, Mark Andrews uh, with 20% of the vote in second, uh, Travis Kelsey, the former and for the past five years, tight end one to unquestioned um, with 17% of the vote. And then George Kittle, surprisingly, only with 7% of the vote here. It feels so crazy to see George Kittle with 7% of any poll. Yeah. But Wes, this one's going straight to you. One of the biggest Kyle Pitts fans I know. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming the public got it way right here. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more with the public here. I mean, how do you sit here and compare these four uh, tight ends when Kyle Pitts is not even 22 years old as of today? I think I checked he's 21 and not even like 21 and a half. Just had the greatest tight end rookie season we've ever seen. Uh, Did it with Matt Ryan on the Falcons, who were awful this year. Um, I'm just excited to see the growth of his career and where it can go, and especially if he gets on a team that's rolling. Yeah, I feel like uh, there is an argument to be made for Mark Andrews. And I know Mike is a big Mark Andrews fan. I mean, That's is right. is it really Kyle Pitts by a landslide or is there an argument to be made for Mark Andrews here? Yeah, I, I think to be clear, I definitely would be taking Kyle Pitts uh, as a TE1 right now. Um, but I think just so closely behind him is going to be Mark Andrews. Um he, I don't think people probably need to go back and just look at how much he dominated this year amongst tight ends. Number one in receptions, number one in receiving yards, number one in unri- unrealized air yards as, as well. So seeing just how much potential he could have even been more, uh, number one in targets, route, number two in routes run. Just this guy was so incredibly heavily involved in their offense. You saw how much, you know, we were seeing a mix of uh, Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley last year. Uh, but the entire time, the consistent part of their offense the entire year was Mark Andrews. I understand that their running game is going to very much improve next year with Dobbins and Edwards both coming back. Bateman will be hopefully more involved. But just seeing how much, you know, they gave him a huge contract extension right before the season started, seeing how heavily he was involved this year. I definitely think he is so close behind Kyle Pitts, but the age difference and the potential would definitely just barely give give Kyle Pitts the edge here. Yeah, and I, I feel like that is a... You just did a perfect job of illustrating what Dan and I have had so many conversations about on this show, right? It's the production, the proven track record versus the potential. And Mark Andrews has proved he's an elite guy and he's Lamar Jackson's go-to guy. And I can totally squint and see the case the five-year age difference to me is just such a huge factor here, let alone what a prospect and a prototype Kyle Pitts was coming out of school. The most hyped up tight end. That, and I remember the TJ Hawkinson hype. And I remember the mm-hmm. Austin Safarian Jenkins hype. <laughs> like the Kyle Pitts hype was like nothing you've ever seen. Um, I I think he was such a hot topic on this show purely because of I thought he was going a little crazy in rookie drafts. And I was like, listen, if you're going to get some, yourself some Kyle Pitts, like please do not be taking him at the 102. Like trade back two spots and take Kyle Pitts there. Trade back five spots and take Kyle Pitts there. I do own Kyle Pitts in league, so I just want to officially set the record straight. <laughs> I also believe Kyle Pitts is the TE1. And I own Kyle Pitts. If you were able to get him at a reasonable cost, you are a very happy dynasty owner right now. So, Wes, I'm sure you have Kyle Pitts everywhere. I will give you the last word on Kyle Pitts before we get out of here. Yeah, man. Uh, I do have Kyle Pitts in every place that you can have him. Um, <laughs> when you see a tight end get drafted 1.4, uh, going before someone like Jamar Chase, and then you see someone like Jamar Chase and what he did this year, you just your hopes and potential for this guy are just through the ceiling, through the roof. So I'm excited to see more. Excited to see the Falcons hopefully um, – help him out a little bit this season and see where it goes. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this isn't the first time we get you back on the show this off season. We'll have more polls to talk about more, uh, more prospect talk and all that kind of good stuff.
Absolutely, boys. Uh, thank you so much for having me. You guys know this is my favorite podcast. I listen to you guys every single time you put your content out there. And I uh, just hope you guys can keep it pumping and keep it coming. Thanks, brother. Well, we appreciate it. And I'm glad you've been able to put up with Mike's air conditioner in the background <laughs> in all these episodes for what feels like an eternity. That's torture. <laughs> Mike, any last words before we get out of here, buddy? I got nothing, man. This has been great. All right. We'll we'll include the ghost of Dan in the sign-off. So. <laughs> Dan, we'll get you next time. He's he's. I don't even know how many shows he's taken off. But getting out of here for today, this is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Catch you next time. It's thanks for tuning in. No! <laughs> Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs>